I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one this is in the chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We've got our weekly SOS house call coming up at 1230. We've got Mike Waters from Syracuse.com at 1 o'clock. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout 315-437-7644. Back from Pittsburgh, Paulie. How are you? Good, Steve. Something's ringing in my head right now, Steve. What's that? It's the open of our show. There's something in the open of the show that just keeps ringing in my head today. It's not a chemistry lab? Yeah, it is, Steve. It appears to be a chemistry lab, and I don't like it. Am I allowed to be angry about this? <laughs> After the NC State win, what did I say? I'm, I'm going to sound like that caller, uh, Tucci, who said, I'm not even a coach, and I know what I should be doing right now. I think he pronounces it Tusi. Tusi. Yes. All right. All right. Here's my thing. After the NC State game, what did I say, Steve? You found a lineup that can beat a top 25 team you, and you rode them into the ground. You wanted them all playing 40 minutes. Yes. Yes. Why, why, are, why are they doing this this late in the season? I, well, I told you my theory over the weekend. I think they, they listen to match game and they want to make it more difficult on us. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, you hear Jim Beheim talk after the game and, and he said that, you know, Benny's been shooting the ball great in practice. Okay. We've been hearing that Benny's been great in practice. So I, I think that that explains why he played and he played really well. Yeah. Um, and as you and I were talking off air before the show started, you know, who who's going to miss out if Benny plays well? It's Malik Brown. And it's unfortunate because I think he's, you know, he's he's played well enough to get more than, you know, six minutes of action. But on, on Saturday, Benny played really well. Yeah. And, and Benny got 34. And, and, you, and couldn't, power you couldn't move Benny to the three in that game because they weren't guarding him at the four. Right. <laughs> right? Right. So Malik was odd man out. So that takes care of that. The... The Chris Bell not playing at all is head-scratching. Now, he had a wrap on his hand. He was specifically asked about that afterwards. I think it was Donna who asked him, Donna DeTota. And she said, was Chris Bell available? He said, yes, Chris Bell was available. And then she followed up. You can't really hear her question, but she followed up with something about the hand and the wrap. Was he injured? And uh, Jim Babb said, no, he wasn't injured. He did not play. Yeah. That that's the the more head scratching thing. They're to me. all head scratching. Um, but again, Benny getting inserted back in the lineup if he's been playing really well in practice, and then he performed. My well. sources are saying he has been unbelievable in practice. Yeah, so that makes sense. Like that at least makes sense. The Chris Bell thing doesn't make a ton of sense that he would go from being a starter to not playing well, unless something happened or. Again, I I don't know. I mean, we're we're left to speculate because the answer we got was he was available but didn't play. I don't. Copeland's probably going to be a good player, but he's playing out of position, right? 
You need scoring out of the three. He's not going to give it to you, and he's been getting crushed defensively. He gives up a ton of threes. Well, I think that was the idea. And again, Jim Beheim referenced that afterwards. He said we want a little offense out of that position. But um, he can't shoot. Right. He can get to the basket, but to your point. He's not finishing. He, defensively, he gives up He gives up a lot. This team gives up a lot defensively. Let's let's be honest. I mean, they're pushing on 50 made threes. I think it's, what is it, 47 in the last three games. Um, and everybody's got the the zone is the problem. Like, he's not coming out of the zone. He's not leaving. You know, he's not getting fired. Here's the thing. The question that needs to be asked is, how can you get this zone better, right? Is, are they, is there, if it's a lack of effort, that's a bigger problem than, than the fact that it's a zone, right? Do, do you think it's strictly a lack of effort? They're you not think? playing defense, Steve. Yeah. It's I don't care if it was playing. This team's record would probably be the same if they were playing the man demand man defense. They're not. There's I I don't see the effort I've seen of other teams from Syracuse on the defensive end. And that's not one player. That's the whole unit. I, I would agree with that. I think this is this is not a point the finger at somebody. This is it's everybody. It's either they're they have no idea what they're doing out there and they're lost, or they're not putting the effort necessary to win games defensively. Sixteen made threes for Pittsburgh. Now I I get that some of those in the second half were when they were pressing and um. It, it it's it's a it's a problem, and as you said, how do you fix it? I I don't know, and I think that if if there was an easy answer, it would have been done by now. I mean, you've got two games left in the regular season, but it it felt like it, it's a weird feeling, Steve. Right? We you see you saw this team play good at Miami. You saw it play good against North Carolina, and now you're like, what is going on? Like. And fans got to look at, like, you can't go after every game. I know it's been three straight games, but you can't go, okay, that's it. He, the coach has got to go, this has got to change after every game. You got to you gotta wait till the season's over and look at it at totality before you judge the whole thing. But currently, right now, they need to fix the zone. It's not, they're not going to just come out and play man. They need, the coach's job right now is to fix the zone. And I don't know how to do that. And I hope someone's got an answer for it. Duke made 13 threes. Clemson made 14 threes. Pittsburgh made 16 threes. Mm-hmm. But, Steve, this is like the other thing. Is it because of the zone? Because Iowa hit 17 threes against Michigan State. Right. It, the game is so different now. Like, I was freaking out last night because... Dame Lillard hit freaking 13 threes in a game. By himself. <laughs> By himself. There's no doubt the game is different. Um, and we've we've discussed the, the reasons for this. You know, why are teams hitting so many threes against them? And I, I don't think it's just one reason. I think it's a multitude of reasons. But I think fundamentally it starts with this particular group is not good defensively. And I don't know if it's effort. I mean, I think I do think some of it, and Jim Bayham kind of downplayed the rebounding a, a little bit um, on Saturday afterwards. I, I think some of it is rebounding. I mean, we saw it's 18 effort. offensive rebounds. Rebounding takes effort. 
Pittsburgh had 18 offensive rebounds, led to 25 second chance points. That's not good. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's forcing the de- the opposing offense into tough shots, and then it's closing out the possession, the defensive possession with a rebound. And Syracuse is having a hard time doing both of those things, making it tough on the opposing offense. And then closing it's, out possession. It's got to be exhausting defensively, too. We say it in football all the time. Your defense is staying on the field too long. Right. Right. Kids want to play offense, not you're, defense. You're, you, you give up one, you give up a tough three, they miss it. Then they get four more attempts at it in one possession. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that first possession against Clemson was an example of what is wrong right now. Um, and we saw it again against Pitt. I mean, again, 18 offensive rebounds for the Panthers. It was, all right, they finally miss, get the rebound, and, and Syracuse is having trouble doing it. I mean, Syracuse had 20 defensive rebounds. Pittsburgh had 18 offensive rebounds. It yeah. was essentially a 50-50 proposition on a missed shot on the, on that end of the court, which that's, that's not acceptable. We've already got callers lined up, Steve, and I want to put this out to the callers. I don't want to hear coach, coach needs to be fired. Okay, we know that's not going to happen, right? Right. This year they're not they're not two and fifteen right now. They're they're about a five hundred team. That's not getting a Hall of Fame head coach fired. All right, so save the silliness. All right, as you would say, not dumbness. Thank you. Silliness. Thank you for going. Just silliness. save the silliness. How do you fix it? Right. You you know what you've got. You know who you got. You know who your coach is going to be. All right. Let's fix it. Is man, if you think man to man's the answer, come on and tell us. I'll, I'll I'll listen to it. I'm willing to listen. All right, let's let's go to the phone lines. I tell you what, let's start on line two. Nash set the tone for us uh, last week, and it, it was a it was a good tone. So Nash, uh, we'll let you set the tone again on uh, on today's <laughs> show. Uh, what, what do you got for us today? How you doing today, guys? Good, good. A couple things I want to hit on. I knew after the game, fans were going to make this about the defense. I don't think it matters what kind of defense they play. I think this is talent. I just don't think they have enough good players. They have three guys on this team that other high-end programs would want. Judah, Gerard, and Edwards. All these other guys are just guys. They may end up being solid down the road, but you can't really count on them to be consistent contributors. Which goes to my next point. And I, I listen to Jim's show every Thursday night, and I watch his post-game press conferences. They're not going to run it back with these freshmen next year. They're going to hammer the portal. They're going to have at least two starters, three if Judah leaves. They need rotation guys. Well, they need guys. people to leave for that to happen. Yeah, well, they're going to leave. They're going to have some of these guys leave. He's, he's going to be 79 next year. He doesn't want to wait and develop guys. And uh, see, I got the complete opposite take out of, out of his last show. I got that. Yeah, I got that. This is a group of kids he brought in, and he wants to win with them and grow with them, and that's it. Then he's done. That's the way I took it. Okay, but well, but I, I don't know. We, yeah, I think uh, I I just not sure you can count on these guys going in next year. Which outside of Judah, who do you feel good about starting next year? Pencil them in. We're going to get double figure points, five six rebounds, good defense. You're hoping Joe and Jesse are back. Yes, they, you better pray Joe and Jesse are back. <laughs> and, uh, and what Benny did the other day, it is doing a practice, now makes that a huge conundrum, right? Uh, they better build statues of Joe and Jesse if they return. They need them. Yeah. They're going to have too hard a time getting other guys to fill spots. 
I think they got to get two of those three back between Judah, Joe, and Jesse, and they're going to have to get guys in the portal. I, I don't think these guys are ready to contribute at this level. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're both right. And Nash, thank you for the call. I think you're both right. And Nash, I, I think you're right in that they're going to hit the portal. And Paulie, I think you're right in that they they want as many of these guys back as possible to develop them. But I think just naturally some are going to leave. And I think you are going to hit the portal now and try to get some some veteran guys. And I think that you've seen this year, and we knew it anyway, but you're you're seeing just how important veteran guys and how quickly you can flip your roster. Pitt was picked to finish second to last in this conference. They hit the portal hard, and they're right now they're the number one seed. If it ended today, yeah, yeah. not Virginia, not Virginia. Hmm. Virginia's had Clemson looks pretty good. Rough back to back game. Clemson is not the best team in this. Okay, conference. yeah, they're only smushing everybody I, they play. I tend well, the last two after they lost to Louisville. I tend to think Virginia is still the best team in this conference. The, that's beside the point. the The point is, is that. You know, when when Bayheim kind of put his foot in his mouth and said, you know, other teams bought players, the, the premise of what he was trying to say was accurate yeah. in that Pittsburgh and Wake and Miami, they use the portal and NIL and whether or not Pitt used NIL, that that's beside the point. But they used the portal to their advantage and they turned over their roster. They got old quickly and they have all three of those teams. I mean, Wake's kind of fallen off a little bit, but Pitt and Miami... Pitt and Miami are two of the best teams in this conference because of, in large part, what they got out of the portal. All right, let's go to Vito. So, yeah, I think they're going to hit the portal in the offseason. But you're right, Paulie. Some guys are going to leave. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. All right, Vito and Liverpool up next. Hey, Vito. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right, so, you know, I, I, I'm going to say a few things here. I, I, I know, Paulie, you just said you don't want to talk about fire in Bayheim. I have a few points I want to make to that, and I – and I do want to discuss a little more if I get some time. First thing I want to say is this. I think that they're in a u- unique position right now. I feel like Beheim is holding the program hostage. He's not even letting us discuss, you know, Paula, you think it's in stone. He's coming back. And whose decision is that? It's his. Mm-hmm. And my problem with that is it's holding the program hostage. It's, it's at a point now where you have to move on. He's 79 years old. He's holding back the transition to a new coach. He has been trying for what, five, six, seven years now to get us a team to a, to a point where we're off the bubble. You know, Pat made a good point in the post game when he spoke to Devo and Brian, where he said, he's the one that set the bar this high for Syracuse basketball, where we're a team that automatically made the NCAA tournament every year. And to, to, to his end, I give him that credit. He has not been able to bring us to that, you know, to that high high bar in what five, six, seven years, and it's at a point now where you need to find someone else to do that. And when I say they're in a unique position right now, I do not think that you can give him another year to attempt to do that. He's been trying for five to seven years. You have this Wake Forest game coming up, where you're you're retiring GMAC and Warwick's numbers. You use that game to send them off. This is a unique opportunity for them to do it. I understand you guys are going to say they're never going to do it, but it's there. Wild heck should see it. I mean, you got Dick Vitale on the air saying it's time to move on. You know, Mike Bray, after 20-something years, he, he can't keep up with the times. you got a Mike guy Bray saying, I don't a coaching know. job, and Mike Bray, his Notre Dame was in the Sweet 16 last year, and they have two conference wins. Right, but as soon as he sees he, he can't keep up and it's it's done, 
he's done, you know, and, and this has been a five to seven year saga here and it's not going to change. And it's another year that we're going to watch the team try and they're not going to make it. And it looks like next year is going to be the worst of all these years. I think Judah's gone. I don't know about Benny or Joe, I, but I mean, I think next year is going to be worse. And we're and, and this is the elephant in the room. It's like Bayheim says in the press conference and to the first caller's credit, you know, we're talking about the personnel, the talent. Well, that's you're not addressing that. That that's the part of the coaching position. You got to be able to to recruit, and they're not playing. They're not coming for him. They're not getting their A, even their B option recruits. They got lucky getting a guy who decommitted from Pitt and Judah, and it's just like they're not recruiting to the level that they should be recruiting, and that's a symptom of the head coach who's aging. He's almost eighty years old, and and he's talking about Picasso in press conferences. You hire a painter in your house. And he's not painting like Picasso. You're, you're recruited. So you're telling me like Bryant, uh, Vermont beat Bryant playing man to man. They scored 20 less points against Vermont and they scored and they're torching us. And, and to not understand that you're giving mid majors an opportunity to beat you by playing zone because they're all kids who grew up throwing threes to not understand that as a head coach at this level indicates to me that he does not know what he's doing. And it's, it's, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I, I can't anymore. He knows what he's doing. He's a Hall of Fame head coach. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I, 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 this. Here, here's the thing, guys. He's not retire. He may retire after the Wake Forest game. He's not going to do that. That game is about GMAC and Hack. He's not going to take away from their day. All right. Oh my God. All right. Here's the thing. Notre Dame right now is two and sixteen in conference and ten and nineteen. All right. Mike Bray has run his course. All right. Syracuse is sixteen and thirteen. They're average. They're just average. It, he did set the bar high. There's no like I I know people hate saying hearing us say this. There's no way it could get worse. It it can get worse. All right. It can get worse. It could get better. It could get better. But you know right now you have a guy who can win here. Like you he's done it before. The program and you gotta wait till the season's over before you judge. If you were athletic director and you every game you reacted after every game, you'd you'd have a heart attack. You can't do it. You gotta judge the totality of the season. All right? Jim may be sick of it after this. Maybe he's like, I'm done. All right. But he has it like this. It's not rock bottom, guys. It's average right now. And it's not what anybody wants, even and the coaches. I, and I do think before, you know, we say, you know, we collectively, and, and Vito said it right there, that next year might be worse. I think you also have to you have to see what happens with the movement of this roster because We've discussed this. Like you could be looking at a roster that all five starters come back, and that's a team that, to your point, you brought it up. You're probably a preseason top twenty-five team if that happens. Mm-hmm. You could also come up with a scenario where one or none of the starters are back. If Judah decides to test the waters and he goes, if Joe and Jesse are like, "Yeah, we're moving on from college," if you know Benny decides to transfer, like I said, I mean, I would assume Malik would be coming back, but um, you know, based on the starting lineup that we just saw. It's it's possible you get one or none back, and you can have any number in between. So before we say next year is 
you know, wasted year, and it's it's going to be even worse than this year. Let, let's see. Let's see what happens. Let, yeah. Let, let's see what happens in the off season because these last three games are inexcusable, though. Yeah, Stephen. I, I I've been a staunch defender. If they keep if this keeps happening, you're in serious trouble. Yes, understood and agreed. It is it is unacceptable. But you can't judge on a three game losing streak. You gotta you gotta look at the whole season. All right, let's uh, let's hit a timeout. Uh, let's get back on time here. More of your phone calls on the other side. We've got our SOS house call at twelve thirty. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Happy birthday, Steve. We're playing all old school hip-hop bumps for you. Public enemy, fight the power, Steve. My dad called me before Bridge Street and to wish me happy birthday, and he said, make sure Paulie's nice to you today. So thank you for doing this. Yeah, you had homework to pick their songs. And I forgot I, until this morning. And I ended and up you, picking them. You, see, that's being nice to me. Happy birthday, Steve. Thank you. Can we just talk about your birthday? Maybe the, <laughs> maybe the Padres offense, what you did this weekend. Man, the Padres offense looks good. Looks good. But you're not buying in, right? No, no. You don't get too excited. No. No, I do. I do get too excited. I'm already looking forward to the next NFL Steve, people season. are worried about my health in the chat right yeah. now. Am I a little high strung today? It's okay. Am I, I don't want to die on the air. No. I, I don't want to give them you. the pleasure. I won't let you. Like you, if you die, die on the air because that's good for ratings. But I don't want to give people the pleasure of my death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Let's let's take some more phone calls. Uh, we've got Mahir in Albany. He's next up on the show. Hey, Mahir. Hey, guys. Uh, happy birthday, Steve. Thank I'm, you. I'm sorry that... <laughs> I'm sorry that this is probably the worst possible kind of day or show that you could have on your birthday, but I do genuinely hope that you have a better birthday. I appreciate after it. The show is over. I appreciate. It. I'm um, here for all of it, Mahir. Thank you. <laughs> um, look, I'm I'm not gonna. I don't want to get into any of that. Uh, like any of the fire behind. Look, it's not gonna happen. Do I want it to happen? Sure, but is it gonna happen? No. Um, we're we're 16 and 13 coming into this year. I knew we had a young team. I knew we weren't going to be that good. Uh, we, we had the potential, obviously, to be good. It's, it's new faces. Um, you know, it's just these last three games have been very discouraging, uh, starting with the Duke game. You know, when once they got – and I don't blame them in one sense. When Duke hits shots the way they do, you know, the players just look mentally chucked out. It was 40-21 at one point, and it was like, you know, they're out of that game against Clemson. You know, they kept it close in the first half, just like against Pitt. And then once those shots started falling, you know, they just looked mentally checked out. And I think Judah's comments about guarding, uh, I believe his name is Hinson uh, for Pitt. You know, he's 6'8", and Judah says, you know, he, with his length and the way he shoots, it doesn't matter if we get out over there. I think that's very telling. I, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to call it right here. You know, they got some secret formula. They got stashed in the locker room over there in, in Syracuse. I don't know what they're doing, but they're all they're saving it for the ACC tournament. Uh, once they get down to Greensboro, Bayham's going to feed them this uh, secret formula. And, uh, you know, Benny Benny had some of that on, on Saturday. He's going to do that hopefully in the ACC tournament, and they're just going to go and win it all. And we're going to go to the NCAA tournament, and we're going to sit here two weeks from now talking about 
uh, our bracket. Uh, you know, I'm just going on record now saying that. Uh, right. Thank you, guys. All right. Can you hook me up with your dealer? I know. I love the positivity. I love I the positivity. Happy sauce. It's, uh, you know, if if I heard that call two weeks ago after they beat NC State, I would have been like, yeah, I could, uh, there's a path to, to that happening. I, I don't know. After these last three games, it's hard to envision that right now. Yeah, and I mean, you you would hope you wouldn't get blown out, and this isn't a defense. I'm not defending you, but they played the number one team, the number four team, and probably the best rostered team. Pass. They're, they're, they should not be 20 points better than Syracuse ever. Right. Ever, ever, ever. Right. These last three games they've I, lost by this, about 57 Yeah, points. they could easily have lost three, these three games as close games. Yeah. Easily. And I would be saying that, well, they lost to Pitt, Duke, and Clemson. Yeah. They should not, yes, yes, they should not, Syracuse should never be losing games the way they're losing games. Right, and you, you can understand maybe one game that gets lopsided. Yeah. It's been three in a row now. Um, and yeah. yeah, that's that's and concerning. It, and you, they got to figure it out. Let's get a quick phone call before we hit our SOS house call. How about Steven Liverpool up next on the show? Hey, Steve. I have to agree with Paulie. Wait until the season's over and, and review it. What we tend to forget, in the last 10 years, we lost scholarships with a trumped-up violations, which is now called NIL. The same thing with uh, Fab Mello. How does North Carolina get away with what they did? But still, they made two Final Fours, two Sweet Sixteens, just two years ago, and what, you know, I mean, are we going down with the Titanic? I don't think so. I mean, the coach is working with six freshmen, and it takes a little time to really adjust to what a 2-3 defense is. But ask Clemson how they lost by 30 points. Did they change their defense? Right. They're not change- Syracuse isn't changing their defense, and they're be- they've been awful at defense. In this, uh, the defense, they should you should be getting better at your defense by this point, and they're not, and that's a serious, serious problem that the coaches need to fix. Right, and again, it goes back to. By the way, can, that guy needs to be the voice guy for our radio station. We we know Steve. He's uh yeah he's he's got he's his pa- he had a a past in uh, in radio. He's he's done this for a living. Um, so in terms of you know one defensive effort, could you foresee a team shooting lights out? Yeah, that can happen. It's happened three games in a row now, and I and so I I think it's not so much the opponent. It does feel like this is about yeah. SU. If they lose out this way for the rest of the season, yeah, well, you could start talking. There's a problem, right? Yeah, I mean these last three these last three games, it's uh, it, it's been ugly, and and as you just said, they they shouldn't be losing to these teams by as much as they're losing by. Yeah. You know, you can understand a blowout here and there, but three in a row. Uh, it's tough to swallow, and SU fans aren't used to it, so I, I get the frustration. We do have to hit a timeout. We've got our weekly SOS house call coming up next on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Hey, Steve, you know this song? I do. I know it very well. Happy birthday. Tell us a little bit about this song, Steve. I I love this story. So, at Bishop Ludden, when you run run for student council, you had to deliver a speech. And you had to have a walk-up song for said speech. And this was my walk-up song. You chose violence. (laughs) So, this was my junior year. I was running for student council vice president. And I uh, I used this as my walk-up song. And I won. 
So there. Hmm. I'm, I'm having a brain fart right now, Steve. About what? About my question. Because I think I'm right about... Okay, okay, I was right about this. Correct. I am correct. All right, so we're going to give away tickets to something that nobody wants to go to, Steve. Georgia Tech, Syracuse. So hang on a second. Before, at the GMA Dome. Before we get to this, because so we've got the pair to the basketball game. We've got the four-pack. Yes, it's a six-pack of oh, tickets. Oh, so it's, it's yes, one winner? Yes, we, not, we don't yes. have two winners. No, no. Okay. No, All you right. get six tickets. All right. We're giving away everything. And they only want to just go to the Biggie Sports Show anyway, Steve. All right. So let's uh, let's start with Gary in Buffalo. They're on my desk, the tickets, Jordan. Uh, Gary in Buffalo, you gonna are you going to make the trip down? I'm actually already in town, so yes. All right. You may be smarter than a fifth grader if you're smarter than if you're smarter than this Georgia Tech graduate. All right. So have you ever watched Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Uh, I have not. Is it the Jeff Foxworthy thing? Yay! There you're there you going. Go. There you go, Gary. Should I have said you might be a redneck? <laughs> <laughs> either, either or, we probably would have won. <laughs> All right there, Gary. Hold on. All right. So Gary's going. Why don't we give Dave and Camillus a, a consolation prize of a four-pack of tickets to the Big East Sports Show also? All right. Let's do it. Paulie's feeling like I feel like I just need to cheer everybody up a little bit. Just, oh, so Dave doesn't get a question. We're just going to give Dave some Yeah, no, some he tickets. gets a consolation prize right. for being on hold. All right, Dave, stay on hold. We'll get your information. I we'll, feel like the sky is falling in central New York. The weather's been cold. The basketball team's been awful. Yeah, so I did I did not watch that game live. I DVR'd it because we were out of town. Did at, it, was at the it concert. worse the second time, Steve? Was well, I, I knew I knew what was going to happen. So yeah, it, yes, it made it worse, I think, watching it back, knowing the end result. Knowing what I was going to watch. And then, you know, watching Jim Beheim's press conference, I, I watched that this morning when I got into the office. And uh, he hit on a lot of things that we've been hearing all season. Defense isn't good enough. Joe and Judah were good. Jesse needs to finish around the basket. Someone else besides those guys has to score. And um, it uh, that's been a theme in a lot of press conferences. And it was, again, unfortunately, uh, on Saturday. We've mentioned the chemistry lab a couple times. Um Here's uh, Coach Beheim on Benny and Quadir playing more. After really the last game, we we just I decided that we're going to go with Benny. They're going to let him shoot, and he's shooting well. So we need somebody else to score, and he can he can make that shot. He's improved his shooting. Um, it it definitely helps our offense. Um, I thought Quadir would help us a little bit. He made a couple plays, but he's. Not quite ready, you know. Not quite ready for this. Yeah, Quadir played twenty three minutes. Steve, were you a shooter? Yeah, in your day. Yeah. Well, you know, you sometimes you hear just get it on the rim, like nice touch on the shooter. Just get a. Benny is either going to make a shot. He's not getting a bounce, right? Do you look at it that way? He's got it. I I can't think of a shot any some besides Vinnie Johnson. I'm going back that far, where there is like you want to see more arc. Yeah, saying? there's like it's not soft either. Yeah, it's it's coming out like a Roger Clemens fastball, <laughs> a line drive, like 
right? I well, mean, is it is it a weird looking shot to you? Because for me, who's not a former athlete, it looks weird, and it seems like he gives himself no room for error. Yeah, you're saying you want a little softer touch. Yeah. I mean that's fair, and I think he's working on it. And I, you know, everything you hear, you, you know, you said your your sources, and you know, everything I hear is that he's been great in practice, and it it seems like they gave him an opportunity Saturday and said, "Listen, you're back in the starting lineup, play ball, and just let's let's see what happens." And and he played really well. Lukey Lou in the chat said something that you brought up. It, before we went on the air, Stephen, I don't know if I'm right on this, but this was my answer to this question: If Benny's shooting the ball, why not put him at the three and Malik at the four? Because I feel like they would guard him if he was at the three differently, right? And and the that's four, a fair point. The that's four point. is not the four position isn't built to guard him. In that, I, I do think you know when Jim Bayham said a this stretch four, I guess is right. The term. And Jim Bayham said this right. It, it creates a you're, you're saying it creates a, a matchup issue. Yeah. and I and I get that. Um, and Jim Bayham said this afterwards that you know moving forward teams are going to guard him now. I mean we haven't really seen Benny break out like that shooting the bat. I mean he was five for six from three. Um, so I think it was one of those situations where all right he hit a couple and they let him keep shooting and he kept making it. And you know Georgia Tech I'm sure is going to have a, a closer eye on Benny than maybe Pittsburgh did. But um, they they need offense from somebody else because it it's been by and large this year it's been Joe Judah and Jesse. And we saw against NC State when they got contributions from other guys, we saw what could happen. They could beat a good team, and they did that. All five starters scored in double figures. Um, Jesse's been struggling. I mean, Jesse finished with 17 points, but again, he he was 5 for 11 from the field, missed a, a couple around the basket again. If if he can do a better job finishing, um, you know, he's going to be even more difficult to stop, obviously. But, you know, they can't do it with three guys. They need... They need more than three guys on, on the offensive end of the court. And Benny was that third guy. All right, you want to take a time out here? Sure. That'll get us on time, right? We're close to it. We will do that. More of your phone calls next on ESPN Radio.